We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale. Plenty to talk about today. Wrestling world was going nuts this weekend. Plenty of trending moments. Stuff I don't even have written down. The Faye trial was trending. That shit was crazy on Twitter one night. But of course, we have actual wrestling to talk about as well. GCW taking over the headlines. AEW making moves in the background. We'll talk about that. WWE main roster gearing up for SummerSlam, of course, touching on NXT as well as we go throughout the show. But Dre, we open this show talking about Mr. West. Why? <laughs> Why? Because everyone was talking about Mr. West. Kanye throws yeah. an album listening party in Atlanta at the stadium. And what? There's like 40,000 people there. It's just him on the field, which is covered in white. Just walking about with a stocking over his face. And then after about 30 minutes, he starts playing tracks from the album. Some sound done, some don't. He plays a Jay-Z track. Like they're cool, thick as thieves again, maybe. Jay blessed him with the verse three hours before this listening party. People are going crazy. People are saying, man, I, I might cry. It sounds so good to have this Kanye back. Kanye's here again. Kanye the God. These are all tweets I read. You saw them on the timeline. These are all tweets I read. The old Kanye's back. Off of what I believe, I, I rewatched it on YouTube. Me and the wife sat down and tried to watch most of it on YouTube. It took so damn long to get to the music. But I caught most of the songs. It was grainy audio. How do people make these judgments? How is Kanye back off of just this? Off of one album listening? Granted, it's the WrestleMania of album listenings, I guess, because he sold out a stadium for this shit. But what is back for Kanye? Dude, this is the cult of Kanye. Um... Man, I don't even know where to start with this. Oh, we lost yes, the last everybody game, knows. Another, 
That hurts. It used to be the cult of Kanye Kardashian, and it was perfect. He well, lost the last case. Yeah. Hey, Kim couldn't take the shit anymore either. Uh, I guess, where do we start? So, before we get into all the other bullshit, let's start with the music. The music's not good. Let's just start there. It's not bad, like terrible. Okay. But Kanye can't rap. How about we start there? <laughs> he's never been a great rapper. I've said that for years. I said that before the Trump shit. He's never been a great rapper, in my opinion. He's always been a fantastic producer. Until recently. Where he has fine, f- this strange sound that he's trying to create. It's like an aggro rap, like electro weird thing. You know, he shows flashes of brilliance on, you know, Yeezus and Life of Pablo. Now, some people are going to come at me. Those are classic albums. Not to me. I don't give a shit. Um, and it's definitely not on the level of what Kanye was doing from college dropout, late registration, graduation, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and 80 Weights and Heartbreak. Everything after that is not on that level. I don't care what any of you say. It's not. You can like it. I don't. But those, the pinnacle of his career was then. Um, but these last couple of projects, you know, the Jesus is King. All right. That's, that's what y'all like. <laughs> like <laughs> sure. That, that wasn't for me. That I can't defend. Life, Life of Pablo is actually pretty good. I'm not going to call it a classic, right? I thought it was good. It was better yeah, than I, didn't, I didn't like it. I just I thought the rapping was terrible. His mm. rapping is terrible. He, it he is it is like some of those beats, like some of those like, oh my god, dude. But father stretch my hands or whatever. Like yes, so listen, listen, listen. Father stretch my hands is the most egregious uh, display of ruining a beat with lyrics I've ever heard. Because mm. that that beat is incredible. The sample, um, yeah, the, the name escapes me of the song. The sample, it's actually in David Makes Man, which is incredible. Um, the sample is incredible, and then the beat drops, and the first thing he talks about is bleached assholes. Bleach on a song <laughs> on a song called "Father Stretch My Hands." Now, look, I get it. Samples don't always have to go in with the theme of the song or whatever, but it was just it was egregious. But as we've gone to this journey with Kanye and this Donda album. Some people are more infatuated with the idea of Kanye than the quality of his music. It's, it has this has nothing to do with Kanye, the artist anymore. This has to do with people having a certain kind of connection to Kanye that he can do no wrong. And that's why I call it a cult. It's not a cult that Kanye established because at a certain point in our, in our lives, you can only do blame Kanye for so much. The people keep him in the spotlight. The people paid between twenty and a hundred dollars to go to a listening to listen to a thirty-eight minute album in a fucking football stadium. The people did that. The people have enabled Kanye to release long sleeve T-shirts with a picture on them for two hundred dollars. The people did that. Kanye didn't do it. He priced it there, but you didn't have to buy it. It's the cult of Kanye. These people are following him. They don't care what he does anymore. So he puts he he gets ready to drop this Donda album, which is, you know, obviously uh, a salute to his late mother, which is a death. I truly just I mean, no child ever gets over the passing of their parent. But I think this has affected him in ways that he still hasn't necessarily rectified. Uh, judging on his behavior. I don't know. You know, we talk about mental health. We talk about all these other things. But I think this this death is really something that he is not necessarily found a way to truly get past and he's been crying for help 
But all that being said, mental health doesn't give you a pass to be stupid either. And uh, oh, I forgot the gay album. The gay album sucked too. All right, that's the other album that sucked. That I didn't that even whole know that album occurred. Yeah, that whole um, the Wyoming sessions was with with uh, obviously the Pushes Daytona album, which was great. Mm. But then you had Tiana Taylor's album, you had the Kid C Ghost album, which it was it, it was Kid C Ghost might have been the best album out of that bunch. It's overrated, I, in my opinion. It like, is. Life it is. Daytona's the best, but I'm saying outside of that. Oh yeah, produced yeah. Yeah. Um. Yay. The the Nazir album. Like it just it just was a bunch of slap together things. So I yo people are propping them up. Uh. I don't I don't get it. I don't I don't subscribe to the cult of Kanye. And if the music was great, then I'd be like, all right, all right, maybe I can see what you guys are trying to say. But there's just one part that I cannot get past. You know what part that is? Well, there's actually several parts. <laughs> Uh, the red hat that Jay Z that's one of them put down. Yeah, the, the red. Let's you know the red hat. The uh, the you know being all buddy buddy with a free thinker like Candace Owens, um, saying slavery is a choice. Yeah, these are things I, you are I, the I company you keep. Yeah, I I can't get past these things, and other people can. Other people are like ah, oh, whatever. They they say they can separate the art from the artist. Mm, I can't in this case, because this was a. I guess we'll I guess we'll get into it. So I wrote a column. Don't know if it's going to get published. I'm just going to tell you guys <laughs> that right now. I do not know if it's going to get published. I was asked to write a column on Kanye. And I explained that Kanye is kind of hoodwinked us again in bad taste. And we fall for it every time. This man, had he had a listening session in Vegas on Sunday uh, for this album, which at the time I saw West Side Gun's name in the album credits. Mm-hmm. West Side, I didn't don't remember hearing West Side Gun on that listening thing at the uh at the stadium did you no but i don't think did you hear what's like gun? no i didn't hear it at all i didn't hear him one a lot of people get gun for the hook right so i i get it like when he does a lot of his features people love to put him on the hooks and then two i don't think Kanye played every song during that listening session. Mm. i don't know if every song is even remotely done nevertheless so no, he did some stuff thing. did not sound complete at all at all. But here's what I'm going to get to. And then we'll talk about Kanye, the individual in my comparison to Eldridge Cleaver that is coming in this piece that I wrote and that some people may not get. And I'm going to break it down in this podcast and I'm going to tell people, go back and listen to this podcast so you can understand what I'm talking about. So he has a listening session in Vegas on Tuesday or whatever day it is. Game six of the NBA finals when the Bucks win the championship. He does a, the commercial with Kari Richardson. Uh, it debuts a No Child Left Behind song. And then releases a press release saying that Donda is coming out on uh, Friday. Gives us a release date. Mm-hmm. Then says he's doing a listening session on Thursday, which is the day before Friday. He charges twenty to hundred dollars. Charges forty five dollars for fucking cookies and brownies. Um, it's absurd the prices that, that people. But they went. Plays his thirty eight million album. Has a Jay Z verse that came in three hours before. And then guess what? Guess what, guys? The album doesn't fucking come out. And people are surprised. I wasn't. But he got y'all again. He got us again. He got all the attention that he wanted using the NBA finals, using the listening sessions to create this experience. And now there's this heightened anticipation for this album that he basically fleeced everybody out of their money for an album that's probably not even finished. Furthermore, he did this 
And Jermaine Dupree was like, well, you know, listening parties are to get feedback on the album. But here's the problem with that. He was like, I don't know, because back in the day, that's what we used to do. Well, one, listening sessions were mostly for industry people. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, if you're having a listening session for feedback, you don't put a release date three hours after the listening session, because whatever feedback you get, you can't implement. It's impossible. So it wasn't for that. This was like a vanity session. Kanye wanted to play his music. It's not like he performed. He came out there, stood around, let the music play and left. Some yep. people enjoyed that. They felt it was like an out-of-body experience. But you got Hoodwink. The album is not out, and it won't be out. Justin LeBoy, who's a media personality for Revolt, tweeted that the album's not done. And it'll come out on, I believe it was August 9th, two weeks from now. Two weeks. Two, it went from Friday to two weeks. And said they need to finish the album. So he made y'all pay $2,200 to hear an album that's not complete. Why do y'all keep falling for this shit? I, I don't understand this. Is, did you all, y'all think you were going to listen to something? Because how many of y'all going to be mad if Kanye listens to the Jay-Z verse? I don't even know if he actually listened to it. And it's like, I got to take this out. Jay's dissing me about my red hat. How <laughs> mad will you be if that song is not on the album? No, he's not cutting Jay. I'm just wondering. He, he's not cutting I, Jay I'm just, off I'm album. just wondering. He may request a different Dude. verse. Who knows what he's going to do? He's that eccentric that whatever Kanye does was out. We don't know. But y'all paid money to go watch this man standing around in a red trash bag coat and a stocking mask on his face to play some music that might not even come out. And that's okay with some of y'all. Now, let me take it to the, 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 the Elgis Cleaver part. So people are so eager to forgive Kanye. They're just going to let him do anything. Anything. Because as long as the music's good, they, they, they won't cancel. Him. And this is why I've always said I have a problem with cancel culture is you can it's easy to cancel shit that you don't like. It's easy to be like, oh, that's whack. He's canceled. Well, you didn't watch it anyway. You didn't listen to it anyway. You were an advocate anyway. But when it's somebody that you like that does something fucked up that you don't like, that's when your cancel culture gets tested. If Kendrick Lamar, who is one of my favorite rappers, came out and said, slavery is a choice, I've got a tough decision to make. If Kendrick Lamar says, I'm riding with Trump, I've got a tough decision to make. Do I like his music that much that I would allow a public personality with this much influence over a community, not even just of black people, just youth, people, to say something so egregious and I think it's okay? But some of y'all say it's okay. But you will be quick to say, you'll be quick to say, fuck Jason Whitlock. Fuck Candace Owens. Kanye's doing the same fucking thing. Except Jason Whitlock ain't got a rap album you like. Candace (laughs) Owens can't sing. So it's easy to cancel them. But Kanye does it. And you won't cancel him. This cancel culture is absolute bullshit. Really, it's just, I don't fuck with you no more culture. That's the culture I've subscribed to. Now, the Elgis Cleaver comparison. For those who don't know, Elgis Cleaver uh, wrote a book in 1968. It's phenomenal called Soul on Ice. It's a bunch of essays of while he was in prison and before he became the uh, Ministry of Information for the Black Panther Party. Came out in 68. Seminal piece of work. I read it. It's an amazing book. If you haven't read it, you probably should. It's an amazing book, but it's also deeply flawed because the man, you know, spoiler alert, he took great joy raping white women before he went to jail. And he practiced on black women. 
And then he got reformed in the prison, became a Black Panther member, became the Ministry of, uh, Minister of Information, went and did some good things. Now, that book is a classic in terms of rap, if you want to use a rap term. It's a classic book. He ends up being exiled from the country, comes back in the 80s. Well, I think it was late 70s. He reemerges in the 80s as a conservative Republican down with uh, Christianity, Catholicism and the Jesus Christ uh, of Latter-day Saints. And he goes on like rants about being a Republican and it blew people's mind. What, the f- what happened? The man who was a Black Panther minister of information wrote this book that I really loved became this guy. Now, there was no social media at the time, so you couldn't cancel him. But a lot of people in the black community was like, fuck that motherfucker. <laughs> now, does that mean Soul on Ice is not a classic book that you should read? No, it doesn't mean that at all. You should definitely still go read it. But Kanye West is the 1980s version of Eldridge Cleaver. College Dropout is his Soul on Ice or late registration or graduation or My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. But that version of Kanye no longer exists. The conservative, free thinker, Republican version of Kanye does. And that's who is here. And whatever that man does now, I cannot subscribe to because what he's saying is dangerous and not dangerous in the sense like he says and people are going to explode. But it's dangerous because his voice has so much influence over people and people are not are just going to ride with the cult of Kanye and just listen to what he says and say, you can forgive Kanye. I don't ever want to hear any one of y'all talk about cancel culture anymore. I don't want to ever hear one of y'all say, fuck Candace Owens or fuck Jason Whitlock. Or, I mean, fuck it. R. Kelly was, was more egregious. He was fucking kids. So that's like the worst. Got to cancel him. Yeah. But yeah. But if you still like his music and you're like, I, I can't because he's fucking kids and listening to seems like you're ready. Just don't hit the same. True. See, the, we got to move on. But you can't. How can you not move on from Kanye as a person? How can you not hold him accountable for what he says by ignoring the one thing that got him through the door, which was his artistry? I'm not saying boycott because that's a strong word. Just don't fuck with it no more. But as long as you keep giving him a platform and a stage to do and say things that he says and wants to run for president, which he says he's going to do again, who knows if he's going to do it? He's a fucking moron. But if as long as you give him the stage to do these things, he can continue to do that. And you are now part of the problem because you have given him so much of your attention and the stage to do what he does. He ain't got to change. We are fans. We are supporters. We are people who put money into the pockets of the artists and celebrities and the entertainers that we love. And if we can't use our influence to tell them, hey, man, that's not cool. Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? Why are we allowing this to happen? But it's y'all fault if y'all say it's okay what Kanye did. But it's not. But you hate Trump. Can you can you do that? Can you say "Ah, Trump's whack, but I still fuck with Kanye. But Kanye fuck with Trump. And Trump said that Colin Kaepernick was a piece of shit. Basically, Trump is basically, uh, you know, handled coronavirus terribly. Uh, Trump is xenophobia, uh, grabbing by the pussy. Like this is your man's. Your man's is supporting that guy. Hey, Kel, if you was hanging out with uh, Candace Owens, I can't fuck with you. I love you. I love you. And then you'll always be my brother, but I can't fuck with you publicly. Absolutely shit. not. <laughs> Listen, I'm a heel, sir, but I ain't that much of a heel. That's bad. I'm heat. just saying. Let's go home like, heat. Guilty by proxy, man. Like, there's just no way. There's no way. You're my man. But the moment you do that, I'm calling you. Kel, what are you doing? 
Oh, Candace Owens is cool, man. She's a free thinker. Hello? Hello? Because I would have hung up on her. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. People, and I'll play devil's advocate because I feel how you feel, but Kanye has a different, he has a different standing than a lot of those other people. It seems as though he has a web of excuses, not that he's put out by any means. He's just living his life. There's a web of excuses people can use to continue to support him. If you say you're going to cancel him and not fuck with him, they'd say, oh, so you're against mental health. This guy just needs help for his mental health. Oh, all those things he said was part of his mental health crisis. He just needs help. Oh, he was off his medication. Oh, do you know Kanye was diagnosed with bipolar? Like, they will come at you with all of these things. He has built-in safety nets for his actions. I've seen these all online. He was too trusting of Trump. Oh, he was taken advantage of. That's, <laughs> that's what Kanye says, I believe, in the song where Jay-Z comes on at the end. Oh, boy. Kanye has lyrics about his relationship with Trump. Oh, I was in the White House. If, if you guys go back and listen to the listening session, I was in the White House. Man promised me all this. And then he just bounced. I believe that's the, like, the lyrics. Like he was there for change and he was hoodwinked. He was taking advantage of it. He's the victim. Mind you, when this shit was happening on this show, we were like, yo, are you stupid or are you dumb? Because none of this shit's going to happen. You're a puppet. But. He says he's the victim. People were like, yo, he was used. Another black man used by the white man. You ain't down for that? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, these are all excuses. These are all legit things people are saying about Kanye. So how do you go against that? How do you cancel so, that? Here's how you go against it, right? Mental health is a big issue in this country, right? In plenty of young people across the globe, mental health is an issue. Naomi Osaka has said she's been dealing with mental health. Mm-hmm. And we, she withdrew from Wimbledon, right? Because she needed to focus on her. But she's still been an advocate for Black people. She's still been an advocate against police brutality. Because of her mental health, she didn't flip and go, you know what? I'm going to hang out with Donald Trump. Mental health is not an excuse to be a fucking idiot. They're not one of the same. Because people, even if you're bipolar, Right? Even if you are uh, dealing with deep-seated depression, does that teach you not to read a book or learn? Does that not, I mean, you know, how, how is this an excuse for Kanye, but not for others who are dealing with mental health? Because let's not act like Kanye is the only person that's dealing with mental health. And that's not to say that it makes his mental health more or less than somebody else's, but it's not an excuse to be a fucking moron. He got used, right? Well, he allowed himself to get used. That's not Trump didn't come in there was like, hey, you're bipolar. Let me take advantage of this. Kanye came to him. That that's ridiculous. Look, I said it at the beginning of my little rant. I don't think he's gotten over the, the death of his mother. And I think him being out of the spotlight would have done so much more for, for him than being in it. But the reason why I also brought up so on nice is. Eldridge Cleaver talked about raping women, right? And there were pieces in So Long Nights that you're reading like, hmm, that ain't, that ain't really hitting right with me. 
that's, that's a hard thing to get past. It's an excellent book, but there's still a flawed individual there. Now, obviously, Kanye is not out here raping people, but when Kanye put out College Dropout, he became essentially the bridge for us who love underground hip hop to see our favorite artists finally get their shine in the mainstream, the commons, the Talib Kweli's, the, uh, the most depths. Kanye built that bridge. He was a very instrumental part in that. But at the same time, Kanye was very vocal about wanting, you know, uh, to be a fashion designer. And his idols were Walt Disney and uh, Steve Jobs, right? He never said, my idol is Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or any civil rights activist, right? His favorite rapper was Mace. The signs were there, guys. We just chose to ignore them. We, we chose to ignore, like, the, the vanity of Kanye West is something we chose to ignore because he did something we liked. We, like, do, do you think he didn't have any mental health issues when he made College Dropout? Did this just happen? Because his mother passed away before 808s and Heartbreak. His yeah. mother passed away before My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. So did he not have mental health then? Is his, is his mother's passing the cause of it? Because if it is... My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy is a cause of his mental health. They're not, these things are not mutually exclusive. Like mental health is something that people have dealt with. I mean, there are triggers and things of that nature, but to suggest that he just started dealing with mental health issues. Yo, my man has been an egomaniac from day one. If you've ever listened to Kanye songs, you've ever listened to him boast about his rapping because he couldn't rap, man. He was a producer. If Kanye just walked in the room, started rapping for you and didn't make beats, nobody let him in. We'd all kick him out. For real. Don't act like y'all was out here going, man, oh, Kanye's one of the best lyricists I've heard. You're lying. It was a production. Got him in the door. <clears throat> then he was able to rap over it. And then, you know, you got everybody said the same thing. It's like, all right, it's not bad. It's not bad. He's got some lines here. And then you found out, oh, shit. Well, Ryan Fest wrote this. Oh, well, we just kind of moved on from that. Mm-hmm. We're critical about Drake, right? But we're not critical about, you know, Ryan Fest writing Jesus Walks. And, cr- and crack music ain't nobody critical about with Kanye. It's a very weird world we live in where we're critical about Drake, but not Kanye. But this mental health thing has nothing to do with intelligence. Saying slavery is a choice is not a mental health issue. It's an ignorant issue. My man's chose not to read a book and decided that, you know what? I'm going to go on this show and say slavery is a choice. I give you no pass for being dumb. I give you a pass for being troubled and depressed, suicidal. I give you a pass for that, but that doesn't give you an excuse to be a fucking idiot. There's no excuse to be an idiot. I mean, that's, that's what it boils down to, right? Like if we could, because many of us stood and clapped and he said, George Bush doesn't like black people. So we have to call him an idiot when he says race or slavery was a choice. Yeah, and, and again, I've said this on the show before, for those who haven't heard, when, when Kanye said George Bush doesn't care about black people, did he ever follow up? Did he ever explain what he meant by that? No. But it was a quote that he said as an outburst, as an emotional outburst at the time, how he felt. But there was no meat on that bone. None. He never talked about it again. What does he mean? Just, it's just, all he made was a statement. It's a great statement. But what does it mean? He had nothing to go with it. Like there was nothing else there. He's been butthurt since Barack Obama called him a jackass. 
<laughs> yeah, that's shy on shy crime. So I understand that hurt. Yeah, he he's butthurt. And and I, I'm be honest, I feel like it kind of helped move him towards Trump because a black president shunned him for being a jackass, but he's not willing to accept that part. He just looks at it as like, my brother from Chicago called me a jackass, and now I gotta act like this. All right, Kanye, that's that's what you think. But he it's it's crazy, man. It is really crazy how people will go to bat for Kanye West over and, and like the music is amazing. All these things are amazing. It's really not. But if that's what y'all going to do, just don't let me catch you out in these streets canceling somebody else. Don't. My last question. Do we get this Kanye? Do we get no more MAGA hat Kanye? Um, the old Kanye quote unquote that people are saying if Trump was reelected, <laughs> right like if, if we're if we're playing loki style variants and, and trump was reelected, we see this guy or does he still have that red out on dude i kind of just goes with the flow man like, Yo, it's it's easy to drop the red hat when that person ain't around no more when he's yeah. not in the public eye when you when he lost it's real easy yeah man i, I again man i don't Kanye would have to show the people something that, you know, that he's willing to learn or that he cares or that he's really moved on from this MAGA thing. Because that's the other thing. If Kanye felt like he did anything wrong, which he doesn't, he never does, he'd apologize or he'd address it. He's not done that. He, he hasn't not. said a word. Nothing. He never denounced it. No, nothing. He but said he, wants he was you. wrong personally by Trump so he don't fuck with him in the song, it appears. Outside of that, he didn't denounce the movement, what it stood for, the blatant xenophobia by this man, the grabbing by the pussy, which in cancel culture, rape culture, all this shit. What? He didn't denounce anything that this man stood for. The blatant racism, the the last thing in in Trump that he was trying to do outside of the coronavirus and fumbling that shit was to stop teaching accurate black history in schools yeah to not teach the accurate history of this country developed an entire act to stop that and to continue the sugarcoating and whitewashing of america's history was his last stand in office and he still hasn't publicly denounced this man. no so that's what i'm saying uh is that mental health no it's just being a dumbass or being ignorant or being a free thinker. But it's like, even Candace Owens has read enough. If you listen to Candace Owens sometimes, she doesn't just pluck her, her theories out of thin air. She tries to use something to generate these bullshit theories. But she uses something. Kanye uses nothing. There is nothing. That's why I said there's no meat on the bone. He just says shit. People were like, man, he was out there for prison reform. Was he? Does he even know what prison reform is? I'm just, I'm just asking. Does he? What's he done? I don't know. I give Kim more credit on that front. I mean, for, like, I'm not saying she's incredible either, but I'm just saying it seems like she's done a slight bit more for the prison before or getting people out than even he had. So I, have, I'm not sure if I can give him credit for Ross. Yeah, you have to you have to uh, acknowledge the issues, the root of the problems in our community in order to correct them. And he, he just is very surface level. His music is very surface level. 
he, he's a fantastic producer. He, he has been. But his soul and ice days are over. The man that he is now is who he is. And as long as y'all keep supporting him, I mean, if you love him, I can't tell you not to. That's, that's your thing. But if you love black people or if you hate xenophobia and you rocking with Kanye, I got some questions, dog. Listen, man, if you, if you are a fan of T-shirts, this man fucked up a T-shirt because he got bleached asshole on it. Like, that's enough. That's enough reason to cancel it. If, if you'll find a reason if you if you don't want to fuck with Kanye, there's plenty of reasons out there. No, I mean, it's just it's weird to see the turn. It's turning fifty dollars for a cookie. Like people are again, cult of Kanye. When they're down, they're down. They're riding with him to the end, and that's that's some wild shit. Sell space boots for six hundred dollars. I don't get it, but it ain't for me to get. So it was right. interesting to see how he came back in the circus that he created and everyone jumping on the bandwagon. So we'll see what the album sounds like, right? That's the next step. We'll be talking yeah. about him again. That's what he wants. I'm going to listen to the album at least once. Yeah. Like I'm going to listen to it and then we'll, we'll chop it up about it. So we'll, we'll see new release date, August 5th for the August album. 5th. And, and for those of you who have listened to this podcast, are going to be in my mission. Say, well, don't listen to them anymore. I've told you my stance on this. I cannot talk shit about things without watching, listening, or hearing them. I have to. The reviewer in me is, this is what I do for a living. I grew up having to review albums when I grew up. And when I got in this industry as, as a writer, I reviewed albums. And the shit that I didn't like, I still reviewed it. And I still listened to it numerous times because I needed to be accurate in my assessment. So when Kanye drops his Donda album, I'm going to listen to it. That's what I do. I can't talk about the culture without knowing about it. So yeah. I'm not... but. It, after that initial session, when I'm done with it, it will be deleted. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, again, we do a podcast and we cover pro wrestling every week. So, I mean, if we can watch Raw every week for the show and for the sake of being, you know, hip on the culture and reviewing things and talking about it, we can give one spin to this Donda. I just yeah. am interested to see what he said. That's yeah. it. I, I want to see if there is explanation through music because he doesn't give the explanation in any other form or fashion. Yeah, and randomly, like, again, we don't know what this album's going to sound like. But the other day I was like, man, I listened. There's the other version of Father Stretched My Hands with Kendrick on it that didn't make the album. It's almost mind blowing that this song didn't make the album. And which makes me say, like, if you were able to remove Kendrick from your album, I don't know what he's going to do with the final version of this album. This Jay-Z version might not appear. It might be. It took so long to get Jay back on this bandwagon. <laughs> it did. The I'm call. He ain't pissed off. I don't, I don't know if, like, if that version is going to appear on the album. Or, would, you know, the, could he take out the MAGA headline? Maybe. Probably not. I don't think he would. But, man, I can't, I can't make heads or tails of this guy anymore. Don't know. I don't know, man. He's fair weather. That's what he is. Whatever he finds, and he bounces around. I don't listen. If he's happy, I'm glad he's happy. If he's healthy, I'm glad he's healthy. I'm not judging the health of a man. I'm not judging the mental state of a man. I just judge a man by his action. So I wish him nothing but health, nothing but happiness. But do that shit away from me. I feel like that's fair. <laughs> that's yeah. that's that's a, a good way to put it. Um, let's hit the break because we have to talk about tons of wrestling. That's what this show is about. So. You guys let us know your thoughts on Kanye, I'm sure. 
Um, now that you have a couple of days to think about it, you guys have opinions, hit us up on social media. Let us know how you feel. Outside of that, it's wrestling time, baby. Time to talk GCW and a new champion, a new deathmatch king. Don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Hey, everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes, and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just that quick, we are back. Time to talk AW, GCW, everything in between. Dre, you feel it, right? You feel it in the air? You feel- I don't know. What are you talking about? Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Oh, the man, rumors are building. They're heating up. They have a show in New York um, at the tennis stadium, middle of September. That's going to be huge. They love huge debuts on that. Maybe we see a guy like Daniel Bryan. They have a huge show. Oh, where is that? Where is their next week review? Oh, Chicago. You know, it would be great to bring out in Chicago. Maybe to confront the Kenny Omega. To get everyone losing their fucking mind. I think a certain guy needs CM Punk. I think everything's lining up. The stars are lining up for them to bring in. And it's, again... They, they brought in people before. They brought in veterans. And I was like, yeah, they're a little heavy on the XWWE guys. Whatever. Um, I think this, this isn't stealing away Randy Orton, which kind of seems like, you know, a little bit out of place, right? It's not bringing over like a John Cena or somehow getting Steve Austin to come. Like, it's not that. You're taking guys who fit what AEW is, and they happen to be megastars in WWE. They were out of place in WWE and broke through the ceiling to become megastar. They fit right in in AEW. I, I'm becoming a believer. I think this works. Not to put, I'm not going to say they're going to oust WWE. I hope it boosts their ratings. I hope we get a true competition, which I think it already is. Their ratings are doing well now that they move back to Wednesdays. I, I want to see them succeed. There's a lot of talent on that roster. I hope it continues to get pushes and stuff. And they're not, Daniel Bryan's not young. CM Punk isn't going to be here full-time, full-time. Like, these guys are in their 40s. They're, they've earned what they, they are now in their careers. Daniel Bryan wants more freedom. I think this is perfect for both of them. It's a situation that helps both of them. And it's not, oh, my God, they're just going to kill WWE now. Like, no. WWE has, like, The Rock if they need to pay him a million dollars. Like, you know, billion dollars to come back. They have... They, WWE would be fine. WWE needs to help WWE. Like, the only thing that's going to fold them is themselves. But I, I think this is great for AEW. And these are two names that just fit like a glove. I will still say it's crowded. And at the top, like, Ricky Starks got an amazing promo this week. Fuck, I would like Ricky Starks at the top. But I don't see it for, like, three or four years. Because they keep bringing people in at the top. But I, I really think this, if it happens, makes a lot of sense. All right, so let's start with this. On a scale of 1 to 10, what is the likelihood of first CM Punk coming to AEW, in your opinion? Mm, seven. 
It's pretty high. Uh, Daniel Bryan. 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 for Daniel Bryan? 10 out of 10 for Daniel Bryan. Like, listen, I don't I don't know if the deal is done. I don't know if he's put, you know, pen to paper. They, they, we said this before, right? He did an interview after he re-signed with WWE. Said he was stupid close to signing with AEW, and they brought him back. That was um before the Chicago show in September. WWE snatched him back up in, like, August 29th and brought him back for that last contract run. Um, and then went through the test and got cleared so he could return and wrestle again. So he was close just to go there just to wrestle because they would clear him. So I, I think this time, yeah, I think when he does come back, it could be this, you know, September. It could be January. It could be Vegas next year. Like whenever he, he's cool, he's like, I spend time with my kids, with my family. I'm ready to get back on my wrestling shit. Whenever he wants to do that, I think it's 100% AEWs, 10 out of 10. So for me, I just can't buy what the dirt she's talking about. Not saying it's not going to happen, but there's, I haven't seen a credible dirt sheet talk about this. I've seen rumors. I've yeah. seen Ringside News who's wrong more than they're right. I've seen them say, oh, yeah, CM Punk was supposed to sign for double or nothing. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. CM Punk was supposed to sign for All Out when he was at StarCast. Remember that? Yep. Didn't, didn't, even, didn't even fucking go to the show. He didn't even go to the show. He didn't <laughs> even know the show was. <laughs> he got paid for that hour. So, it was out. So the CM Punk thing is, I wonder to what capacity, if he decided to sign with AEW, this is a man who hasn't wrestled in almost a decade. Yeah. And has been out of this business as a 40 something year old man. And it's not like he's most pro wrestlers who leave the business and just go home. He wrote comic books, did a movie, did everything, but he fought in the UFC. UFC. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he did all these things. He's done commentary. I, I don't know. Horror movie was really where... good, by the way, his last horror movie. Yeah. I heard, I heard it was good, but I don't, I don't see a universe right now for somebody who's so apathetic towards pro wrestling. And doesn't really care. Even when remember he did the uh, the show on uh, Fox with Renee. Yep. And people got he's gonna sign with WWE. He's coming back to WWE. Didn't even come close to happening. I can't necessarily say that he's not gonna do it, but I don't see anything that makes you think that he is, except for some random ass reports to say, oh, it's in Chicago. That's like saying SummerSlam's in Vegas. Dre's gonna be there. Yes, of course. I live in Vegas. Why wouldn't I be there? <laughs> right? It's that it's that's not a revelation. If the revelation was CM Punk is flying to New York for AEW show, now we got something to talk about. This mm. is his hometown. I, I got to see him show up at the show first. And that's the punk thing. The way he left this business, as hurt as he was, as over as he was, because it's one thing to be, you know, some people are jaded, but he was jaded to a whole different level. Lost a friendship with Cole Cabana, one of his closest friends. Who was in AEW. You know, the, right. That's the other that thing. That doesn't help. That is what I mean. Listen, That's what I was just about to say. He had, he had a lawsuit. Him and Cole Cabana were engaged in a lawsuit. And Cole Cabana's in AEW. CM Punk doesn't, he's like Khabib to me. And if you want to use an MMA fighter, Khabib never make him better off. It's all about principle. It's not about money. He's got enough of it. He's a frugal guy. To ask him to start being on the road every week, mm, I don't know if they're signing part-timers like that. Yeah, I think they make the exception for him. I think he does more of a Lesnar-type schedule. The, the thing that's great about Punk, and one thing that AEW does do well, 
is, and they showed us this with like Britt Baker when her leg got broken and all this shit. They'll find a way for you if you're very good on the mic to not have to step into the ring. He'll show up once a month, cut promos from home and the other, you know, intermediate. Rusev did the lightning thunder God promo, right? Like he did that shit from home. Like they, they'll work with you if you don't need to or can't be there all the time. And I think his mic skills are honestly right now, him being 40 years old, his body is taking a beating. Maybe he feels refreshed though. I'm after training all this time in MMA and feels like, oh my God, there's more refreshed than when I left. But after all of that, honestly, people are probably showing up for 75% of his mic skills anyway. They're not going to get what he was in the ring ever again. It's like, that's just not how the human body works. But on the mic, him talking shit to Omega, him talking shit to MJF maybe after a Jericho program, like they can get that. All right. So here's my next question. When it comes to CM Punk, then we're going to move on to Daniel Bryan. When it comes to CM Punk, there's a part of me that also says he doesn't want to do this because the expectations are so inexplicably high for his return. There's no way he can live up to what the people want. It's impossible. Agreed. But I mean, I've seen Flair do it several times, so I think people uh, could do it. But the thing about Flair, Flair is in love with the business. He just couldn't leave it alone. I can't say the same about Punk. Mm. Like there was never a moment where Flair wasn't thinking about wrestling, doing wrestling, talking wrestling, wooing, saying I'm retiring and showing up in another promotion. He just never stopped. Punk stopped. Cold Turkey out. Didn't do shit. Disappeared. Vanished. Wrote a comic book. Did comics. Did all these things. He was out of the business. And we still love him as pro wrestling fans because what he did as in Ring of Honor, what he did when he showed up in WWE, like, yes, him and Daniel Bryan, they broke the mold a lot for the indie scene. But it's now when you come back, the expectations are like through the roof because mm-hmm. punk can't be that. And, and more importantly, I don't think he wants to be that. That's a different level of pressure. Not the saying that he doesn't want pressure. I just don't think he wants to deal with the bullshit. Maybe he shows up to do some talking. But if he shows up to do some po- talking, people are going to say, well, when's he going to wrestle? It's not it's not going to be like when Chavo Guerrero just showed up. Nobody's really going, hey, when's Chavo going to wrestle? But with Punk? The moment he shows up, they're going to expect him to wrestle. And maybe Punk don't want to wrestle. Yeah, it's tough. It, maybe he does want to just be a mouthpiece. They're going to take him whatever capacity he wants. Yeah, and I mean, boost ratings, people will be hyped. Like, it, what, they're at 1.1? They might go up to 1.3, 1.4. Like, some WWE people will be intrigued and come over who usually watch WWE. That that's all fine and dandy. So I don't I don't know. Like all this to say is that I can't go off of some reports, given that we haven't we have no pictures of Punk talking about pro wrestling, wanting to wrestle, in doing interviews about pro wrestling. Like, dude, I remember I was supposed to do an interview with him for Complex like two years ago, and the the first thing they said is like, please don't talk about pro wrestling at all. He doesn't watch it. He doesn't care. <laughs> if you want to talk about the Blackhawks, he's all for it. You want to talk about car like comic books. All for it, but he doesn't want to talk about pro wrestling. I believe it. What about Daniel and, Bryan then? In turn, so so here's my thing about Daniel Bryan. 
I wouldn't say it's a 10 out of 10. I'd say it's a little bit more highly likely, but I think just based on the things that Daniel Bryan said, I don't think he wants to be locked to any promotion. Mm. I think what he wants is the freedom to say, oh, I want to wrestle you here. I want to wrestle you in Japan. Yep. And, I'm, and then I'm, I'm done. Like, I think he's on his bucket list now because he's older. He's a father. Doesn't need the money. Had a history of injuries, but he's okay. He feels great. But I think he wants to cross off his bucket list. Not saying that AEW wouldn't grant him the freedom to do so. But once you sign a contract with a company, unless that contract is very much in your favor, which it could be for Daniel Bryan, he's mm-hmm. going to be expected to appear. And maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he doesn't want to do that. Maybe he just wants to wrestle. Yeah. And I know he <laughs> wants to wrestle in Mexico because he says it like a million times. He tells about wanting to do a mass versus hair match. Mm-hmm. He's not done. That's the one thing we know about Daniel Bryan. He is absolutely not done with this business. No. But I think. He ends up somewhere down the line back at WWE. I, I think so too. I think he he ends up as a backstage. I, I thought he was doing well in SmackDown. Um, some suggestions. I, I mean, SmackDown has been great. Like honestly, past year and a half. Like I think, or it's last summer to now. He took a step back. He tried to put other people in positions. All stuff. I think he helped a, a ton. So I like that. I think he ends back up in WWE sooner or later. But, yeah, I think he goes on a two-year, three-year, wrestle everyone I want to wrestle to. Yeah, I don't even think it's that long. I think this shit might last six months. Oh, maybe. And I think he's trying to get it in. Seriously. I think he's like, I'm going to get this shit backstage in. backstage and, and chill. Maybe. Like, I, here, here's the other thing that's very important to consider with Daniel Bryan. Everybody in this industry just spent 17 months working one day a week. Mm. Now, everything's opening back up for now. And now you got to travel again. Now you got to do all the shit that you want. Like, some of these guys have forgotten. They're like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I got to get oh, back I'm on sure. the road. Yeah, like, fuck, three days, four days a week? Right. Plus, tra- like, you got to travel. You got to, you know, go to your location. If, if you're working, like, there's so much media stuff. There's so much you got to do now that you didn't have to do before. I'll use E as a perfect example. Me and E talk every day. And now that he's traveling again, he's like, I, this is weird. Like, we're doing our, uh, basing this off of Our Heroes Rock. We realize, like, yo, th- we don't have the time that we thought we had. Because, like, you got to go to the airport. You got to wait at the airport. You got to take your flight. Because I'm about to do the same thing. You are, too. Yep. We're about to start traveling again. Everything's about to change. I had to put my whole travel budget together in a meeting the other day. I was like, damn, I get to like go around again. One, I have like trepidation because like I still like, you know, the virus is out there. I'm double vaxxed and I'm chilling. I mask up still, but I'm still weary. You know, I feel like it's a yeah. fucking mask gift that you post. It's still creeping on me. So I'm it's trying to like bug out. So, But at work, it, it is. It's like, yo, where do you want to go? And I was like, excuse me? They're like, no, yeah, where do you, what events do you want to go to? Oh, that's it? And I was like, fuck. Am I like lowballing my travel? Like I, I was like, yeah, no, like two cities in three days. I was like, I, I don't know if I feel that. Like I, 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 I don't know if I, I don't know if I can can do that yet. Now I'll pass on that event. So it does feel weird. It's, it's weird. So now you're saying, all right, well, Daniel Bryan signs with AEW, which is now on the road, and now Daniel Bryan, who left WWE so he could be at home with his wife and kids. You can ask him to get back on the road weekly. Mm. I don't think he's ready for that right now. 
his, his one thing he said, like he said to me in the interview, if you see, you see other interviews, Daniel Bryan, strangely enough, this is kind of a peek into the WWE window. Several years ago, when WWE used to do interviews, they'd always have somebody from WWE on the phone and yeah. they would always have somebody on the phone and they would like the talent would have to stay in character. Right. Um, lately, though, they haven't done that much with certain talent. They're a lot. They're a lot more uh, open to what they can talk about. I interviewed Daniel Bryan for MTV around SummerSlam. I want to say 2013. And we talked about him being champ, him one day wrestling Cena, very much a Daniel Bryan character interview. Now, I've interviewed him like several times since then. And the last interview was very like, oh, this is just him talking. Mm-hmm. Like he was very free about, I want to wrestle in New Japan. I want to wrestle in Mexico. Like he was just telling me all these things. But then he also talked about, I want to go home. I'm a father. He told me, I didn't want to be the main event at WrestleMania. This, and I was like, this guy is not, he, he's not ribbing me. He was like, I didn't want to do it because I didn't expect to do it because what they need me for. It was Edge and Reigns. He was like, but then I understood because Babyface Edge isn't the right edge. Heel Edge is the better edge. Oh, yeah. so he put me in the match. He was like, I was cool with that. And then he talked about like, but I didn't want to do it. I, I, I did it because I'm, I'm a guy who's going to do it, but I didn't want to do it. And now I just want to go home and hang out with my kids because you don't get that time back. So I don't know how eager he is to sign a contract that would put him on the road to wrestle and work weekly or appear weekly yet. I'm not saying he's not going to do it. I'm just not sure if he's ready for that because Daniel Bryan's the one guy other than CM Punk that gets to call his shot. If AEW if a. wants him, Daniel Bryan's like, all right, well, this is the terms. I'm going to wrestle in Tokyo Dome. <laughs> like, I'm going to do I'm going to do all this shit and you can't say nothing about it. So I wouldn't call it a 10 because I don't know if he's going to exclusively sign with AEW because it's not about the money for him. No, but I, I, I think he he goes there before he returns to WWE in any capacity. He will do we'll matches in AEW. I think he might do a match. But again, I think that's the one. I don't think he's signing a contract is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. I think was, I think he could show up and blow the socks off everybody. But. I don't know about him signing a contract with anybody right now. I think he likes that freedom because, again, Daniel Bryan ain't hurt for money. He cleaned up in WWE. And yeah. I don't know if AEW is paying him that kind of money. But oh. if he wants to come back to WWE, Vince is going to pay him that kind of money. He's yeah. got it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, GCW also ran this weekend. <sighs> Talking about debuts. <laughs> what we get show. to see Mick fucking gauge on AEW this week mm. versus Jericho it, it's going to be a Nick Gage match they haven't said a death match but we know what the hell's coming there's only th- one thing that Nick Gage can do that's it he ain't, he ain't no, wrestling. You, you'll hire him for a technical masterpiece he ain't there to put on your five star matches <laughs> no. you know what the hell he's there for so Nick Gage but at GCW one We'll talk about the entire atmosphere as well. Like, there's just something special about GCW when you're there. Shout out uh, to everyone up and down that roster. Uh, We've had Effie on uh, Wrestling with Stereotypes lately. He is a star. Effie's the man. I Like, the whole aura, people would just gravitate towards him. That shit's incredible. So to see Effie there, um, Ali Catch was on. Today, I believe we're recording this on Sunday. 
Um, Ali Katz was there. She's huge, blowing up. Like everyone, everyone is going crazy there. And AJ Gray is a fucking star. The entrance, top three entrance of pro wrestling with the Waka Flocka. That shit's crazy. Shout out to AJ, just crushing it there. Like GCW in person. You can watch it on flight. Please do so if you guys want to watch it. Um, you could, you know, watch clips online. When you're there, whole different. It's, it's chill, you know, chill. And nothing's crazier than when Nick Gage comes out. Because when it takes five minutes for him to get through the crowd and people are pushing him and they're hitting each other and they're losing their fucking minds before he ever gets to the crowd. That ever gets to the ring. Wild. And then we had this past weekend, Matt Cardona. For (laughs) Zack Ryder. Let's be real. He is the wheat bread of pro wrestling. Not even the white bread. He's the wheat bread of pro wrestling. People that like him in WWE is Zack Ryder. They're like, yo, this guy doesn't do it like he does. There's no way you won roof of this guy when he hits the Indies. You're like, yeah, oh, you're just a clear-cut WWE guy. You're not an indie wrestler. You're not a technical wrestler. What the hell are you doing here? And then on top of that, you're damn sure ain't a deathmatch guy. Mm-hmm. What are you doing here? So that shit was crazy. You have Cardona saying, no, I'm coming. Not for a regular match, not to just show up. I'm coming to take the title and trolled Nick Gage for like three months. Shows up and shit got crazy fast. This was the most wow moment in GCW for me. And listen, I was there for when Moxie came. This is the most wow moment since Arquette. Damn, they're getting murdered. I thought Cardona was going to die. Oh, man. So let, let's talk about the beauty of this, right? There's some people that have shit on it. I'm, I think this was everything was handled brilliantly. Uh, you put Cardona in a position where everybody knows he's a WWE guy. Everybody. But the thing about Cardona is he's gotten himself over in spite of WWE. Even when he was there, Zack Ryder got over because of YouTube. Yep. The internet. And being, you know, punk and like guys like that, like the company never really believed in Ryder. Ryder got himself over. The man has two million followers on Twitter because he has like this ridiculous toy collection and he endears himself to a different audience. But that being said, the guy's still a WWE guy to the regular common naked eye. So when he comes out and he, you know, he gets released and then, you know, he's doing stuff with Impact, but he shows up in GCW and you're like, this ain't for you, dog. Like this, this isn't it. Right. Like you shouldn't be here. But instead of him trying to say, yes, I'm, let me prove myself because the WWE did me so dirty. And I want to prove like he didn't do that. He came in as a fucking heel going after Gage and wrestling Gage's match as a heel. And Zack Ryder was never really a heel. And but here he is healing it the fuck up. And he gets a, a match with Gage for the war- GCW championship. Engages world with gauges rules, and not only like the match is nuts, but you just look at little things in the match. Car- Cardona wrestled like this wasn't his world, right? Like the way he would hit gauge with the light bulbs, it just didn't look like it's like damn, he doesn't he doesn't belong here. Yet and still, the motherfucker won, and is now the GCW champion. <laughs> After some crazy shit, they they teased the Jericho entrance. 
They te- they had uh the four four guys, the four four old guys come out. Ricky Shane Page obviously turns on Gage when it seems like Ricky Shane Page is turning on his crew, but he turns on Gage, allows Cardona to get the win, and Gage has lost the title to a, a WWE guy who wrestled as a WWE guy. That's crazy. Yet so smart. Because now that heat is infinite. He's hot. Cardona's hotter than he ever was. Ever. Like I like. More than WrestleMania becoming IC champ, it was so organic and perfectly built. It's like some ECW shit. Crazy, just crazy. Jerry Lawler got pegged with stuff at ECW, didn't? Like, like yeah. wild, wild heat that has to be a perfect storm, and they did it right. I never thought he was going to go over. In Me Genius. What so I can't I mean? wait. Now, now I can't wait to see what they do in Vegas. Oh God. Yes. I, so, you know, Brett Lauderdale is a friend of mine who the guy who runs GCW and I text him. I was like, hell of a fucking show. I was like, see you in Vegas. He's like, fuck yeah. It's like, all right. I didn't ask him. Cause again, I never want to know, but I, I know it's SummerSlam weekend too. Oh, some shit's going to pop off. And Moxie lives here. Oh, oh some God. Shit's we're, not pop sleeping. Off. we're not sleeping at all. Oh, dude. There's no- even, like, my, I'm not even going to be in my hotel room that weekend. But are you going back and forth home that weekend? Because if you yeah. are, you're bugging. I have to. I got a daughter, man. I, I got a daughter who has to go to school. She starts school soon. So I, I'm That's absolutely having. No, I'm just talking about the whole week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's fighting. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. I'm not going till the week. My daughter uh, is staying with me for the remainder of high school, my oldest. And so I just enrolled her in school, so I can't be there the whole week. Yeah, so, so like, for, so like, when you say back and forth, it's really really only two days, right? Friday and yeah, Saturday. Friday. I don't even, yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'm going to go home. I like to sleep in my bed. I like to come home to my daughter. But I know, like, Friday is the, you know, it's the weigh-ins. I mean, yeah, I'm going back and forth, man. I'm, I'm, I just, I like coming home. It's a drive. You at least got to come, come chill yeah, at the midnight show. I don't know who put on I'll, midnight I'll, show. There's always a midnight I'll, show. Yeah, I'll be there. That's, that's for sure, but I'm going home. <laughs> like right. I, I gotta go home. Well, power take. You'll catch me in an Uber, drunk in my hotel lobby. Shout out to everyone who's gonna be there. I would say drinks on me, but nah, not yet. <laughs> nah, 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 we ain't there yet. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> too soon. Yeah. Don't make that promise. No, 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 no. We gotta, we gotta see how stuff shakes out in August. There's the movement is moving, but it ain't, it ain't there yet. So not drinks on me. Not quite yet. Um, let's hit the break. Let's finish this up when we come back. We're not much to talk about NXT and WWE main roster, but we'll just cover that real quick before we get out of here. So you guys don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We're the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddy Show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, Dre, it's the home stretch. NXT, not too much craziness to talk about. Wait, wait, can we talk about something else first? Sure. Because I know it wasn't on the rundown, but I have to I have to take this moment to say, yo, 
New Japan is the most snake bitten promotion in pro wrestling right now. Holy oh, shit! God. God. Um, Bushi, get well soon. Whenever I see pneumonia in a in a COVID era, that scares the fuck out of me. Because that's something that lingers, right? Like past when you do get cleared, past when you get negative test. Like, man, get better, Coda. And how? How does this happen? I mean, how, how does it happen to anyone, right? Like, it's it's troubling times. They they've done in a country that is super regulated, right? Way more than the United States and even some most European countries. Very regulated country. Try to get ahead of this several times, still with COVID problems currently. They've done what promotions here have tried to do. They've tried to run through it. They took their little time off, but when they came back, they tried to go through it. And whenever you do that, some sometimes it's going to be casualties. Though. And unfortunately, you can't shield everyone from a virus. You can't shield your whole roster from getting sick. And pneumonia is serious shit. So I, I like, listen, Shingo's still good, right? Like he's he's not ruined. I like the entrance. Um, I saw it yesterday. It was cool. I didn't think I needed that match right now anyway. I think you mentioned that, like, in our group chat. Like, I don't – that match can happen whenever, and I'm hyped. It's going to be a great match whenever. Um, Shingo, I mean, we've seen him and Osprey go crazy. That's another match down the road. It can happen whenever. We see Jay White here in the U.S., something else not on the London. Came out, impact, starting Bullet Club up in the U.S. again. Not that elite bullshit, he says. No, Bullet Club. Shout out to Chris Bay. First black member of the Bullet Club. Can't omit that. Joining forces with Jay White. Perfect spot for Chris Bay. Because heel Chris Bay is incredible. So, yes. yeah, I love that. It's, it'll be all right. Obushi be cool. Listen, I Wrestle Kingdom time. This really worries me for G1. So, Obushi's out, I'm assuming. G1. Hopefully no one else gets sick or gets out of it. Because that's a, that's a hard tournament to run when... It's normal times, right? When it's healthy times. That's a lot of wrestling with a lot of different people in a short span of time. So I, I worry about G1 and the state of G1 this year. But I said, Shingo's fine. Putting the ace in that position, I, I like. And they're going to put on a good match. I, I'm just really worried about G1. Man, look, just, just for those who don't follow New Japan enough, like this is what has happened, right? So, you know, when COVID happened, they put the title on Evil, which was fucking terrible, right? They had to cancel a bunch of shows. And he did G1. And we got to Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi wins Wrestle Kingdom, wins, becomes a double champ, drops the championship to Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay has the championship, gets hurt. Now he's out. And then they have to drop the title to him from him. And now it's on Shingo. Now, Shingo's supposed to wrestle Kota Ibushi. Obushi gets pneumonia and they got to pivot to Tanahashi on super short notice because they tried to hang on to hope Obushi would be all right because they did a show at the Dome. The show, yeah. like, they did this show at the Dome last night. I think there's two Naito runs in there too. So we're in the midst yeah, of Yeah, like in the middle of this, all this shit. But this, con- this company has been straight up snake bitten. Straight up snake bitten. Because since COVID happened, they haven't been right. They just have not been right. And I just watched this Dome show. This is a fine show. 
the uh, El Desperado Robbie Eagles match is pretty damn good. But uh, and even Shingo and Tanahashi, it was a good match. But spoiler alert, Shingo wins. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ace wasn't taking the belt. No, but you know what they're going to for his next title defense? Oh, I did not see who it is. Who is evil? Oh, god. Now, listen, there is a built in narrative here. I'm about to say they got they got history. I get it. Yeah, LIJ. Yes, okay, I get it. But it's evil. Nobody gave a shit about evil before. I can't give a shit out of the spotlight. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a lot this, of Sonata better, right? Like a uh, back to evil. They they got, but it's fine because we all know Shingo's gonna go over, right? It's fine. Like I didn't yeah, need the, the match. Isn't gonna be fine. No, like, exactly. The like, match will not be fine. No. So they're in this tough spot. So you know Jeff Cobb wrestled with Okada, which was a really good match. Um, they have options, but man, if you would tell me that New Japan would be in this spot. Right now, as they were the hottest. Like I would never miss a New Japan show. It's now it's like to, <laughs> question, honest question. Is it time to heat Okada back up? What the hell is going on? No, it's not time to heat Okada back up. It's it's, it's been, not because wow, man. Especially yeah, but, in times, he's the constant. This is what they used to do with Tanahashi all the time. That's why he's the ace. They yeah, put it on him for stretches. Like yo, carry this for a second, my man. Like it. I, don't feel like they're doing that with Okada. And I understand they're building new stars, all this stuff. But, yeah, it's okay to put it back on. Nah, Shingo's the guy right now. Shingo's the guy. And I'm totally fine with Shingo being the guy. He's an amazing talent. That's not the concern. The concern is they've, they're have they dealing with injuries and COVID restrictions and travel. Like, like, you know, you didn't get Gorillas of Destiny for a while. You know, there was rumors of Gallows and Anderson working in Japan. You haven't been able to see that. Moxley hasn't been able to go back to Japan. He just lost the title. Uh, to Lance Archer at AEW, like a lot of things aren't breaking New Japan's way. But Okada not being the champ, I have no problem with this whatsoever. Him wrestling guys like Cobb is great. He could be in the John Cena spot, right? He could do this if that's you just have great matches. Yeah, it'd be great, but, a great time to still have a secondary title. Yeah, but it's just man, that company snake bitten. Oh my god, merging the titles was the first thing before the pandemic. Either they set themselves up for failure. Yeah, the, you know, the, well, yeah. They merged it for the butterfly belt. Like, what was wrong with having an IC belt? I don't know. They just realized they had too many titles. They had the never open weight title, which is Jay White's now. And they had just had too many titles. They're like, all right, we can get rid of these two. And it was like, yeah, it's probably not a good idea. And no. lo and behold, it was not a good idea. No, they got rid of the wrong ones. All right. And then NXT-wise, though, not much happened. Cross came back down. Looks like we're going to a cross Samoa Joe program. Hold on. We didn't talk about this last week because it didn't happen yet. Oh, Cross taking the L? Yes. In his debut? Okay, yes. Cross goes up, debuts on Raw without Scarlet, without the big smoke entrance, just a guy in gladiator gear with no explanation to his character. Comes out. Now, okay, still kind of looks badass. They're making him. And then right after that, Jeff Hardy comes out with his own music. Everyone loses his shit. Everyone loses their shit. Oh, my God, Jeff Hardy. So now, not only do you take everything that makes Cross somewhat interesting away that he had in NXT, no backstory. Okay, just a guy. Cool tattoos, but a guy. You bring Jeff Hardy out in a position where everyone wanted him to be for the past, like, two years and gives us a different version of Jeff Hardy that everyone wants to see. So now you bury Cross even more. Oh, and then you want to know what Vince does after that? 
oh, the kick in the nuts. He makes Cross lose to babyface Jeff Hardy, who puts his feet on the ropes during a roll-up. Why does a babyface do this? I've seen people try to defend this. No, that's the biggest F you to Triple H ever. Well, this year, guy, fuck you. We're building him from the ground up. And he brought your belt to the ring. Yeah, here we go. So there's people out there saying it's okay for Cross to lose. It gives him an edge and all this other shit. Now, this is where I call bullshit. One, because Cross had not been pinned in NXT. So what does it say when Cross can murk everybody and then goes and loses to, let's be honest here, Jeff Hardy's just a hand. Jeff waiting for his contract to go up. So he go to AEW. So you go, hey, holla, hey, Matt, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> like, Matt, Matt don't even hide that shit no more. There's like no. a clock countdown towards it. They're looking for it. But Jeff Hardy hasn't been relevant on WWE programming in months. He hasn't won a significant match. He actually jobbed out to one of Gender's giant Bollywood boys on main event. And Ricochet's have, main event. Let's call it what it is. Ricochet's main event. Well, let's call it what it really is. The, the, the shit nobody watches. I've um, been watching it. Of course you have. You're the only person that keeps these shows afloat because they look at their ratings like, we got a one this week. Who is it? That's that Kel Dansby kid again. <laughs> um, but you have Cross come from NXT. He's your NXT champion. Yes, you have botched this title run, so on and so forth. But he's undefeated. He has never been pinned in a match. He comes, you strip away Scarlet, which is bizarre because she is what Vince would like. You would yeah. think, Right. And that the entrance was epic to a lot of people because of her. She added so much with the fog. Like, this man just came out like he, he was an extra in Gladiator and just strolled out to the ring. Now, what I said before still holds true. He doesn't look gigantic on WWE. Like, he didn't look gigantic next to Jeff Hardy. But the match was two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. And he got pinned by a power bomb. Not the Swanton bomb. A power bomb. And people are like, this is okay. No, it's not. Because what does this mean for your champion if he can't beat Jeff Hardy? And people yeah. say, you guys treat Jeff Hardy like a jobber. No, the WWE treats Jeff Hardy like a jobber. We don't. We know he's a great wrestler. But if your position on the lower end of the totem pole when it comes to booking, and then you go over on the other promotion's top guy, what are you telling me? Why should I ever watch NXT? Yeah, nothing there is like, oh, I gotta go watch NXT now because this motherfucker just lost to Jeff Hardy. I don't don't know why Vince just cools off his own thing. Like, yo, they make you money. I I would love to be on fly on the wall in some of these meetings with Vince and Trips. So the rumor is, according to the dirt sheets, is that Vince wants NXT to be developmental again. My problem with this is it's too far gone, buddy. It's not developmental. It's a brand. It's a third brand. We watch NXT not because we want to see talent get developed, because Johnny Gargano wrestles there, Adam Cole wrestles there, and Ciampa wrestles there, yeah. and MMSK, like all these guys wrestle. Like, what would developmental look like now? But what was it developing if he just gets them and changes them anyway? Exactly. What was developmental if you just get people and change them anyway? If, if, the, if the rumors are true and that's what Vince feels, then, I mean, I feel bad for the entire NXT roster. Because now it's like, guys like Gargano, it's like, well, I'm developed. <laughs> like, I just don't want to go there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just want to so, collect this check and stay right here. 
Yeah, so you look at somebody like Karrion Cross, who's your NXT champion, and it seems like he's going to – if they are going with a Joe versus Cross match, I loved it even more if Cross didn't lose to Jeff Hardy. There's yeah. a badass element to Cross if he doesn't lose. I'm not saying he's been handled well. I just say, why couldn't he lose to a Gargano instead of a Hardy? Why couldn't he lose to a Kyle O'Reilly? Why couldn't he drop the title before he lost it? Why is he carrying the damn title on on WWE television? Listen, I loved Keith Lee's return, right? It's great to see Keith Lee in the ring. Oh, um, I, I thought him and Lashley were cool. Like, I, I thought it was. Know, there's there's no, no shame in losing to Lashley right now. Being competitive, breaking the hurt lock, that's cool. Him meeting the spear, it looked like you pushed him to that. I like that shit. It made, it made him look good, right? But Keith could have came back against anyone. He could have came back against someone lesser and won. Put him in the Sheamus angle. Like, Keith would have been fine. Why not? If someone's going to lose to Lashley but look competitive, look strong, why not just put Cross in that spot with his title, losing to the mega champion? Oh, shit, Cross shows up and he's fighting the champion because the champion did an an open contest for the belt. Why not the NXT champion going for double gold? Okay. Oh, shit, he looks like a badass. Oh, he's pushing Lashley. Shit, Lashley had to put him away with two spears. Damn, that cross is strong. Yeah, he took his first pin ever, but this is against the almighty Bobby Lashley. Okay, he goes back down. When he comes up, he's coming for Lashley. Oh, he's a main event player. You established that. In the same position, without changing any booking, without changing it, you just switch a guy into that spot. Have Keith Lee crush Jeff Hardy. Yo, I, I, I don't understand this. I don't I, know. It, to me, it's indefensible. It, to me, it's undermining. Lazy. It, it's cutting off your nose to spite your face. Because yeah. what? why are you doing this to your NXT champion? It's, it's and I lazy. Get, again, you could do it if you took the title off him. If you already took the title off him, fine. He goes up, loses to Jeff Hardy. Cool, because now he's acknowledged as he's a Raw guy. But right now, he's an NXT guy. He's an NXT champion who just lost to Jeff Hardy, who I'd have to ask, like, Sean Ross Sappers or John Pollock, when's the last time Jeff Hardy won a match? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I know they tweeted it, but I'd have to dig through it. It, it wasn't recent. And you were no, definitely it, scouring through main event. This, this feels like... Vince has no idea what's going on in NXT. He's like, what's that belt he's got on? <laughs> like, yeah. what is he? What's this going is like, on no, here? this is the beginning of our storyline. They ran graphics saying Karrion Cross is on Raw. Like, okay. He, and Trips like, yo, he got to show up with the belt. He has the fucking belt. Vince like, all right, show up whatever he wants. We're starting our Karrion Cross angle, despite whatever you got going. Right. And that's it. I don't get it. Raw. Raw was Raw, is, Raw, is Raw is something else. Yeah, I don't. I got to even hey, talk about anything hey. else with Raw. We touch on it. Yes, we do. We have to talk about one more thing on Raw. Come on, Cal. We had a new Raw Women's Champion. Oh, did you forget listen, that? Yeah, I did. Nikki Ash, um, almost superhero. You know what? I like it. I don't like Charlotte having to win the belt and then drop it. Like right, now, we're just padding history, right? Like she didn't need the one day title reign to make her get closer to 13 in like three years. But I like Nikki catch. You know what? There was no way to successfully cash her out on the long run. That's like when Otis won it. If he would have cashed in the next night, 
fuck it. Because you, you carry that momentum, at least if there is any momentum, right? I, I couldn't find a good way for her to cash in. This was the good way for her to cash in. Just do it the next day. Get the belt on her. If people end up liking her and it works, oh, golden, you lucked into something. If she flames out, then you take the belt off her and then she got to figure it out after that. But if she doesn't cash in, carries the briefcase and flames out, you're stuck. Because now she can't cash in. Because there's nothing, and that's the Otis symptom, you know, philosophy. He got stuck. Mandy Rose thing went, and you're like, yo, this guy can't cash in his briefcase. It's not believable anymore. He cooled off astronomically in four months. So, no, I think they learned, oh, my God, from that scenario. Yeah, cash in the next day. Cool. She deserves it. We'll see if the people get behind her. So I agree with you with the sense that, yeah, they need to do this immediately. Because letting this linger wouldn't have worked out. My problem, my problem with it is she's not believable as a champion now because I've seen her do so much better work in other ways. I'm happy for Nikki Cross. Don't get me wrong. The person, I am happy. But I, I wonder, like, how long can this championship run even last? That's up to her. Listen, if there's a time for it to succeed, this is it. Not saying that it will. But... At least now it is dictated by the fans because you have fans again. If the fans gravitate towards her, she has a chance. If she did this empty arena, none of us are buying in. The smarts ain't buying in. Shit would have fell flat, dead in the water. Boom. Like Otis. Here, the fans could get behind her. She has a chance. I, man, it's it's like, again, I'm happy for her. I'm just wondering where this is going. And we had to get the title off of Rhea to go to Charlotte to do this. It was just like, yeah, Rhea's, right. Rhea's the mess. Like, well, I, yeah, Rhea's, she needs rehab. Yeah, like, she needs to move. She, yo, I don't got to see her again until she got drafted in SmackDown. I'm straight. Um, yeah, so I, man, I, I don't know where they go with that. Um, SmackDown, to talk about that before we go, Cena versus Reigns. Wait. Oh shit. No, no. <laughs> Goldberg came back. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank uh, you. We have to touch on all these things on Raw. People no, that's it. People that's thought it. this Raw that's was like, amazing. That's all no fuck. People, oh. people thought Raw was amazing. And I was Big like, Mac. you did. Big Mac is my boy. Ryan McKinnell's my dude. My hot take tag team partner is Ryan McKinnell. We we let him off. Wow. Like the fucking rockers of hot tags. Hot takes. Big Mac, this wasn't good. Everyone else said this was it wasn't. It was bearable. And if we're grading on a curve, it's a B show. But that curve is like 35% for an A. Like everyone in the class flunks. So when you get a D, you seem like a superstar. That's raw. It was bearable in moments. Yes, I like Keith Lee. Yes, I love everything Riddle is doing. Um why Ricochet wasn't on, I don't know. And then he has a fucking banger on main event. Like, that couldn't fit in the three hours. So, there's, there's weird shit there. Like, there's a lot of filler in between. I, I don't know what they're doing with um, damn near with anyone else outside of time. But, like, what is Sheamus <laughs> doing? I'm trying to think of specific. Like, what is Sheamus doing? No one cares about Goldberg. Keith Lee came back and that was the pop. They had a great match. Goldberg comes out. I'm next, sir. 
You're next to being a walker. It's not believable. It's whack. And it's people, whack. And they popped. Yeah. Well, people think, right? Like, people think, well, you know, Lashley gets one over on Goldberg. That makes him a made man. No, Lashley's kind of already a made man. Because yeah. nobody really thinks that Goldberg should go over on Lashley, right? But I get it. At SummerSlam, this is what you want to do. Now, did you have to go over on Keith Lee in order to get to this? Not at all. No. Keith Lee could have just kind of murked anybody and then sent Goldberg out there and the crowd probably would have popped. But I like that they're keeping him around like the main main event picture. Like, yo, he can wrestle main just, event guys. I just don't know what it all leads to. Like, all right, so here, here's the Keith Lee on SmackDown? Uh, maybe. Please, please. Uh, you know, it's like Sheamus, when you ask about Sheamus. Why hasn't Damian Priest taken this title off of Sheamus yet? I don't know. He's stalking him. He ain't got... Yo, you know what? That's a good spot for Priest, though. Yes, you so had the bad like, bunny shit, and then you just cooled yeah, them off. So now you're dragging it out. The problem is it's dragging to SummerSlam. It's a fucking crawl to get it to a SummerSlam match, you know? Like, it, to get this another four more weeks is tough. It's painful. Raw is painful right now. Yeah, and people, Raw. like, like this show. They open SmackDown with... SmackDown uh, is good. Smackdown, SmackDown's fine. And actually, let's, let's talk about SmackDown because you brought up Reigns and Cena, right? But my God, did Roman Reigns nuke John Cena in his promo? Oh, with the missionary position. position (laughs) Yo, Roman's good, man. Roman is good. One smart decision by SmackDown. I don't know who the writers of the main booker is now at this time. Whoever it was, great decision not putting him in the ring at the same time. Right? (laughs) That was smart. Yeah. John Cena was in the ring. Who do you want to talk to Cena? Paul Heyman. <laughs> Great. Wasn't Roman going back and forth? It was Heyman and Cena going back and forth. Amazing. Heyman doing Cena's music? <laughs> Yo, and he did the role in the beginning. Yo, that shit had me in tears. Tears on his way back. So that was great. Roman getting to cut his promo in peace. Great promo. Usos did work. I don't need to see that ran back a million times, but cool. <laughs> give me their next opponents and I'll give them credit. It was a split thing. Cause rolling loud. Yeah. Which, uh, I will say this though. I want to say this about Roman. I like, I thought this was the, the missionary line. His promo was great. Uh, Paul Heyman and Cena's interaction was great, but I think it, it, it can be a little dangerous because you're Roman is so good. And Heyman was also so good that are you sure these fans in Vegas are going to boo Roman against Cena? Yes, 100%. You think so? Yeah, yeah, Cena's over. Over like Rover. I, yeah. I, 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 you can't let Roman keep doing this to him. You can't, you can't run another week where Roman runs a comedic promo shitting on John Cena. Because the thing is, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't. You know what? That promo, if we're, if we're keeping it a buck, uh, granted, it's not on the same epic level. But it, it was shades of Cena cutting down The Rock when The Rock came back as a part-timer. Yeah. Roman did that exact same thing to Cena. And everyone looked around and was like, this motherfucker's right. Same way they did for Cena. Like, you know what? Rock is our man. But Cena got a fucking point. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you want to treat Roman as your, your nuclear heel, but you're kind of warming him up. Like, like you're warming up with baby faces, like with these kind of promos. And I, look, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's only bad if you are 
determined to keep Roman as like the most dastardly heel in the business. But Cena, like as much as people love Cena, you're going to get the Cena sucks chance at SummerSlam if this continues. Because yeah, Roman, yeah. The, the missionary line, Roman buried him. But Heyman also did as well. And it was like, oh. And as, as me being loving Roman's work, I can easily see a bunch of 25 plus fans, 25 year old plus fans cheering for Roman Reigns in Vegas. I can see this happening, especially based on these problems. Because Roman, Roman has to go beat up Cena's dad or something yeah. to make up for it. No, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Too good. This was too good. Too good. But he's that good. I, Roman is a fantastic promo. That over and oh, I was like, oh my God, he's killing Cena. He's killing oh, him. God. Yeah. Like, listen, I don't think it's going to be cheers for Roman against Cena, but the clock has started, right? The the yeah. turn, the turn clock has started. They're, they're getting there. And, but you're you're fighting the clock. Like, at this point, you're, you're fighting the clock. I think Big E should cash in on Lashley anyway. New day, history, blah, blah, blah. I think that's smart um, to have that be the match at some point. So then that means, Roman, you're looking for more opponents when you get towards Mania. They might want the super big name, Big Splash for Mania. So I don't know how that works out. I don't know who else is left, right? Like, you use Goldberg. The Rock. the, The Rock, the Rock, the Rock. Cool. So that's, if you want to use the rock true. in Dallas, then perfect. Got to keep him yeah. healed till then. If not, if he's turning, you open up a lot of possibilities. It, it's just dangerous. If he becomes yeah, a face, as I good mean, as Roman is, heal Kevin Owens winning the Rumble. You you have heal Edge still looking for. You can turn Edge super heel. Have Roman be the baby face. In that matchup, like Roman eventually going babyface opens up a lot of shit. It, the dangerous part about it to me it does is come this. bland. Yeah, Roman is so good as a heel, and he did something that I wasn't sure he could do. He had monster heat at Money in the Bank against Edge. Monster heat. You got to keep that shit up. He's too yeah. good because because even though you recognize he's such a good heel and even though that there's a, a segment of fans like myself that really enjoy him in this role when you turn him babyface you kind of take his teeth out because <laughs> then promos can't be as they can't be as tough yeah the veneer <laughs> but, but those promos can't be as tough as they were as a heel let him revel in this and let him be a dipshit asshole heel for as long as you possibly can but if you let him run joke promos on John Cena who is very easy to dislike just as much as he's over with the fans, it's going to be hard to keep him that way. Tough. Yeah. No, I agree. And one, the other thing is, uh, what else happened on SmackDown? Something, something. Oh shit. I'm losing it. Uh, well, we had two rolling out, rolling loud things. Uh, while I yeah, came fuck out, those, which is cool. Um, whatever. Oh, Oh, the Baron Corbin shit is money. I don't oh. get, like I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Fuck it. <laughs> Corbin's a baby face, man. He's a baby. He's a baby, he's face. A baby face. Oh no, I love it. Oh, he's bought into the gimmick. Growing out the hair is the, out the chef's kiss. He can't die. He's not dying it. No. Listen, I, I say I'll say this every week until the day that I die. Kevin Owens, he, he eats the scenery every time he shows up. 
the the segment him and, and Corbin had were always just looking like how pitiful you are. And then he asked him, he's like, so is that the same shirt from last week? He's like, no, it's the shirt from this week with the spaghetti stain on it. And then Owens digs in his pocket to give him money. I'm like, yo, they've, they've effectively made somebody who should never be a baby face, a baby face. This has been excellent. Incredible. I don't know where it goes, <laughs> but I mean, I'm listen, like, I don't need him to wrestle. No, I, I enjoy the character work though. And <laughs> You, you you go for the only thing stale on SmackDown for me is Apollo. It's not even stale. They, they don't know what they're doing with it. He's not doing anything. He has Every four contenders now. But I think Knock is going to work his way into the guy who takes the belt off. Well, okay. You might be right. My problem is I feel like they're giving up on Apollo. Ever since they gave him Colonel Aziz, it's down. it feels like a lot. Of, yeah, it, it just hasn't been as good anymore. Like, when's the last time he wrestled? I don't know. He hasn't even had too much mic time. My man's, yeah, he he did this Nigerian accent for nothing. Yeah, he he's gonna drop the belt and then go to Raw and just be forgotten. He'll be on main event. Like, sucks, man. Yeah, like it. I don't know. He bounced from the feud on on the blow off. He won like the last one. It was non-title to get into Money in the Bank beat him that was a blow off of that he wins money in the bank so he propels past him and then now it's like you got a belt but for what not just came off of the win against corbin and, and showed that this shit with booze actually works so yeah. they're just going to use booze to to distract disease and the, the belt's gone and you have king knock as the champ which sounds, and you know, I don't have a problem with not getting the IC title and having a nice no. little run with it. But I just feel like we didn't, we didn't complete whatever the mission for Apollo was. At we all. all knew it. When E dropped the title to Apollo, it didn't matter. E's over. He doesn't need a title. He's all, he's going to be over like Rover. It's whatever. Apollo yeah. needed to win that title at WrestleMania, but he's done nothing with he, it since. Yeah, and he needed another feud. Hot. Yep. Right off the, the pace. He needed a feud to go over on someone, and he, oh. he doesn't. Let me ask this question because this is this is a double question before we get out of here. One, you know what would have been a great feud for Apollo to go over, but it's not going to happen. Finn Balor. Oh, yeah. No, but Finn, Two, Finn hit the ground on fire. Finn's the right. He's challenging for the belt. <laughs> right, right. So that's that's my next question. What was that? I, we're going to find out. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm very intrigued by it. But what was it? Are we getting Finn Balor versus... It? Yeah, like, but when can that happen? That's not a TV match. I, I believe it happens on TV. Again, Fox, Fox is different, right? Like, know, Fox wants like pay per view level matches. So, um, I, I think we get that in two weeks, and we get Edge somehow interfering. Like, Battle looks strong, super strong, and then I think Edge, um, you know, Roman does something dastardly, and it's him and Edge, probably a no finish. But I, I think they're temperature checking Balor on the way back in. And I think they're finding this motherfucker is as hot as ever. Well, so okay. what up? So so here, here's my thing. You mentioned Edge. Edge is with Rollins. That's the feud. That's going to be a fantastic. Oh, yeah, not Edge. Um, I meant uh, Cena. Excuse me. Okay. Sorry, I meant but Cena. With Balor, I, like, the worst thing you can do right now, in my opinion, because you, you position this and it looked great. And but to do it on TV and have Balor get pinned? It's not a good idea. 
Mm. I hope that's not what they're doing. Yeah, I hope it's because a non-finish I, of some sort. Yeah, I hope it's a non-finish and they go back to it. Because we all know Cena's not going over on Roman. Exactly. And Cena's here for a hot second. But the Balor feud can carry it through the yes. spring. Or excuse me, through the fall. Yes. And it just makes you, it also makes you wonder. It's like, well, how far can they go with with Balor? Because if Balor's here to challenge Roman, he's not here to win the title. Where does he go? I'm cu- I'm very curious about this. There's a lot of options that they have with Finn Balor. I would love to see in this. Ooh, boy, this is gonna get under a lot of people's skin. But I'd love to see to keep the heat on Roman. Roman pin the demon. Ooh. Oh shit. I don't think Finn cares about the demon at this point. So, yeah, fuck it. He doesn't. So, fuck it. Like, right. If you want to keep the heat on Roman and you want him to have a great feud, like, whatever. I don't know what pay-per-views in September after. I I don't remember the names of these shits. Probably some theme pay-per-view. I don't know. But he has a match with Balor and he beats Balor, right? Like, like he beat, he crooks his way to beating Balor. And they, they do a rematch before Survivor Series, whatever the next one is in October. And he wrestles the demon. And now because the demon, I mean, Finn Balor is just impossible to hate, right? Yeah. Even when he's a heel, he's a great guy. Then you wrestle the demon and you beat the demon, which firmly establishes Roman again as your top guy. And you get, he's a heel. He's yeah. super mega heel, right? Like that's his role. Who, and then you know what everybody asks? Who the fuck can beat Roman Reigns? And it's a good yeah. question. And then you get Roman versus Lashley. Awesome. Yeah, right. Big men slapping meat shit. And, and now, then, now we're almost now we're heading to WrestleMania. Yeah, season. now you're off to the races. So now, now you have your options, right? Because now you have all right. Do we pay the Rock all this money to be the one that wrestles Roman? Because then Roman beats the Rock too. Let's be real here. Like you want to keep this up, Roman has to beat the Rock. There's no yeah, reason the Rock. No, there's no chance. reason. No reason. No. Or if you can't get the money, you have E call his shot as the white meat babyface against Roman at Mania. You could do that too. Yeah. Then you need something for Raw. Right. Like you There's can plenty of opportunities out. by then for Raw. Yeah. You got the Royal Rumble. You got like Elimination Chamber. There's plenty of shit. Oh, this shit is great. I'm just saying, like, Roman beating the Demon is a big deal. And I think we got to, it goes back to what I was saying. You can't give Roman an opportunity to turn babyface. Beating the Demon as dickhead Roman puts the heat right back on him, right back on him. Because I don't know, like if he beats Cena, some people are gonna cheer. I am. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm gonna cheer. I like Roman. But the Edge feud showed that Roman could be a mega heel when he wants to be. Yeah, him and going a over few Balor and Demon. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Let's speak that into existence. I like it. And Finn's good. Mm-hmm. Finn just turned 40. He's collecting checks. He just had another yeah, NXT man, run. Fuck it. Yeah, he's good. Like, you know, he could lose as a demon and whatever. He can go to the sprawl. I don't know. Whatever. He's he's him and AJ Styles, the two guys, like they're fine. Yeah, Wherever they're they fine. can lose matches, they're fine. They're, yeah, they're, they're good. They're to go. Good. You can heat them back up can, whenever you want. Exactly. But yeah. th- th- we haven't seen the demon in a while, and it'd be the perfect time to pull out the demon in a championship match because Balor was the first universal champion. You have your storyline. Tying it back in. So you're thinking like a man who watches wrestling and not yeah. like a WWE writer. I know. That's so. why they'll never hire me. And I wouldn't want to work there anyway. But <laughs> that's my my point is, is that th- they have if they play this right, and I think Pritchard's still calling the shots on SmackDown, if they play this right, they have SmackDown remains the dominant show because there's a bunch of really intriguing things I'd like to see happen. Let's see if they do it. 
I like it. I like it. Um, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you guys for listening from Kanye West to fantasy booking Roman Reigns path to WrestleMania. It has been great. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore on Twitter at corner club for life on Instagram. Check me out uh, at Kel Dansby, him at Andre's hell on all platforms. Shout out to blue wire, the network shout out to all of the sponsors. Stay safe. Enjoy yourself. But again, it's crazy times out there, yo. Uh, make sure that we're good heading into the fall. We appreciate all you guys. Till next time, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.